Thank you, Jesse. Uh, today's weather, we've got a 20% chance for showers after 5. Otherwise, cloudy with a high near 44. Tonight, 50% chance of rain and snow. There, I said it. Cloudy with a low around 30. Wednesday, a chance of snow showers before noon, then a chance of rain and snow showers. Mostly cloudy with a high near 35. Of course, why did the weather gods decide to wait till after Christmas? I can't remember the last time we had a white Christmas. Katie, how long have you lived here? Um, eight, eight years. Eight years. But she's, you're from the, the uh, continent of Russia, right? <laughs> she's laughing. We were talking earlier off air about people were freaking out because there's three snowflakes on the ground now. It's, but it's supposed to snow. It, it, it might actually snow tonight. Well, it's good to be back in Nick's seat. I hope Nick's getting some well-deserved rest. You know, I was thinking about, as you know, I do a show on Saturday mornings here on KSGF called Clarification. And I think we're going to do kind of a year in review of the guests that I've had on Clarification over the last year. So we'll be working on that this week. But as far as today, you know, the news is, is kind of slow. But the one thing that jumped out at me right off the bat was Joe Biden, I guess, got called from a press conference because apparently there was a massive missile attack in coordination uh, with on Ooh, let's see. In coordination with Kamikaze BPL, that must be some terrorist group, is underway on almost all key U.S. military bases in Syria and Iraq. That's amazing. You hear that? There's a missile attack on our bases in Syria and Iraq. And yet nowhere can you find the most salient question even being asked, which is, what the heck is the U.S. doing with military bases in Syria and Iraq, especially Syria? How is it possible that we've built bases in Syria? Do you think Bashar al-Assad gave us permission to build a base in a sovereign country? I mean, to me, this is stunning. For regular listeners of this show, some of you might remember, I spent some time in Iraq four years ago. I was in the, uh, in the north, which is really where a lot of the, the problems were. I drove through Baghdad, but uh, I was in Erbil, a town of about three million people, and the U.S. consulate was literally a stone's throw from where I was working. And we would go up on the roof of this. I was there opening a coffee shop, actually, for a franchise that's out of Springfield. And we'd go up on the roof, and I was looking towards the U.S. consulate, and the, the owner's like, don't, don't, don't stare over there. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he goes, dude, they will be over here with M-16s if they see anybody looking at them from a roof location for any length of time at all. They had just been bombed the year before, but I understand we were in a war with Iraq. Is that the purpose, maybe? 
to get a foothold? I do believe that. I read, I read a statistic not that long ago about the number of military bases that the United States has in the Middle East. And at one point, like during Reagan's administration, we had zero. And now we have like 250 bases all across the Middle East. And, and I think this was all planned. Just as... You know, call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't care. It's it's so convenient for the military-industrial complex that it seems when one war ends, another one always begins. We have been in a state of war, well, since um, George W. Bush, since 9-11, two 2001, 20, almost 23 years now. I mean, it's insane. We don't need bases in Iraq. Trust me, I spent uh, six weeks there. The, The Iraqi people are very well capable of taking care of themselves. They don't need U.S. presence there. As a matter of fact, I'm sure they resent it. And then Syria. What the heck? We were never at war with Syria. Bashar al-Assad, the president of Syria, is a strong ally of the Russians. Why would he allow a military base there? Well, he, he didn't, I guarantee you. But I've scoured the Internet, and you cannot find any information on why there are U.S. bases in Syria. I'm looking one more time because it's just, it, it is, it's astonishing to me. I'm James Clary. We'll be back in just a second. Hey, everybody. It's our pal Bruce Springsteen. I never did like Bruce. I know I'm a weirdo. I'm James Clary filling in for Nick Reed. It's Nick Reed in the morning show. We welcome you back. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and looking forward to the new year. Before the break, we were talking about I just there the the biggest news today in the last 24 hours were these attacks on US bases. And it and it got me thinking. Why, why are we, why do we have military bases in Iraq? You don't see Congress asking about that. I did, and I told you it's almost next to impossible to find information on these bases. But uh, I found one, here's one, there's one called Al-Tanth. It's in Syria. It's located on the Syrian, it's located in Syria on the Iraqi border, but it's in Syria. And within miles of the Jordanian border, the U.S. garrisons of Al-Tanf has since 2016 served as a launching point for counter-ISIS operations and training for Syrian opposition factions fighting the jihadist group. This is really difficult to understand what's going on in Syria. There are multiple 
factions fighting in that area. Um, apparently, the Civil War has pretty much calmed down, and Bashar al-Assad, the leader of Syria, his forces have prevailed with the help of the Russians. So again, it's like we're fighting a proxy war. Again, the U.S. military-industrial complex gets fed, period, above all else. I mean, for some reason, it's bigger than pharma. It's bigger than, you know, any other group, the defense industry. But it's not just them. It's the actual, the, the officers that we have in the military. And you, the corruption in the U.S. military is beyond imagined. So you've, and it's all about getting to that next level, getting that promotion. In the next hour, I'm going to, or excuse me, in the next block, probably, I'll talk to you a little bit about a Coast Guard situation that really has got received very little reporting. But, you know, back to this base or bases in Syria. So we built a base to fight ISIS, right? But here's what most people, they they don't recognize is the fact that ISIS itself was created at a secret base in Jordan by Barack Obama and C- then CIA chief John Brennan. Let me say that again. ISIS, the terrorist group. Remember the guys brought their prisoners out in orange jump shoot, jumpsuits? By the way, why would they spend that much money on prisoner garb? It was absolutely outrageous. But they were created by basically by the CIA. The CIA has a long history of using terror and terrorist groups to further the aims of the military-industrial complex. And ISIS is no different. Now, you might think, oh, well, that... James, that's crazy. You know, ISIS, they tortured people. They burned people alive. They cut people's heads off on video, although we never saw the people actually die. If you notice, the video always cut off right before the act. Isn't that convenient? There's a great picture I saw one time. It was a soundstage in London, and the picture was one of those ISIS things. But anyway... The person who uncovered the fact that John Brennan and Barack Obama uncovered ISIS, the person who discovered that was none other than Seymour Hersh, who's probably, is being alive today, is the most notable investigative journalist in history. He worked for the New York Times. He won multiple Pulitzer Prizes. Seymour Hersh is a standard bearer in investigative journalism. And when the Times went woke, as all of them have, and started answering to the military-industrial complex instead of reporting on it, Hirsch left, but he didn't stop doing his reporting. Now, that's also been confirmed by the former president of Jordan. He said yes. I allowed the CIA and the U.S. military to train ISIS fighters 
in 2012 in my country. We created them. We did a show on clarification uh, two weeks ago called American Gladio, which we'll talk more about that after this quick break. I'm James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed. It's Nick Reed in the Morning Show. I am James Clary, filling in for my buddy Nick Reed, who is recovering from Christmas. I hope you guys had a good Christmas. If you want to call in and get on the show, man, it's like uh, open lines Tuesday. What is today? I can't even remember. Yeah, it is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, open lines Tuesday. 447-5743 is the phone number. 417-447-5743. You can also send us a text. We read them all. I promise you. Got Katie working the board. Sarah Myers in the building, but she's in and out. We're talking about the military-industrial complex, and it just, you know, I look, I have a curious mind. When I see a news story, it says our bases in Syria and Iraq are under attack. Oh, no. My question is, what the hell are we doing in Syria and Iraq with military bases? And as I told you before the last break, the... Uh, I looked up one of the bases in Syria. They said the purpose of this base was to launch counteroffenses on ISIS. Well, ISIS is a group that we created. You know, the point I'm getting to in this, in a roundabout way, is that literally everything you see around you is a lie and that everything's been created for you to think a certain way. I mean, I mentioned this on my show last week that uh, I just finished re-watching the Narco series. If you haven't seen it, it's well worth it. Although I hate giving money to Netflix because they're a woke company like most big tech and entertainment companies are. But anyway, the Narco series... And there's some pretty, I have to give Netflix some credit because the reporting, the the documentary, well, it's not even a documentary, it's a television series, but it's all based on real events and the drug wars. And there's two different shows. One of them is just, it was the first one was called Narcos and it was about Pablo Escobar and the, the war on the Colombian cocaine cartels. And the second one is Narcos Mexico which was the war on the Mexican cartels and El Chapo. But the things they uncovered, you know, there was a DEA agent named Kiki Camarenas who was brutally murdered. He was tortured for two days. They had a doctor in the room that every time his heart was about to fail or every time he'd go unconscious, they'd in, uh, inject him with amphetamine so he could stay awake, you know, with, for the torture. It was just, I mean, it was horrific. Well, it turns out, we find out, of course, it's always 15 years later, the CIA was not only in the room when this DEA agent was being tortured, they were the ones asking the questions in collaboration with the Mexican drug cartels. And that's the way of the world. And they would tell you 
It's kind of like that movie with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. You don't want to know. You need men like me on that wall. And the CIA has always used that excuse. We do terrible things, but we have to do it because in the long run, it's for the U.S. security. And I'm sure that's how the military would justify bases in Syria and Iraq. And what I'm telling you, it's BS. No, we don't need military bases all across the world. And, you know, I mean, if they said we're trying to slow the influence of China, I might be a little bit more willing to go along with it. But when they just, they create these fake boogeymen like ISIS... You remember Obama was fighting ISIS for for four years, from 2012 to 2016. He could Trump defeated them in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, ISIS, they're gone. Now, of course, Trump, I'm sure, was briefed that, hey, these guys are actually, they work for us. And, you know, those videos, most of them were fake. I'm sure he was briefed on that. You know, that's something we'll get to in this show for sure. I want to talk about the uh, upcoming election and just what's happened in 2024. I think it's going to be an historical year for us. I mean, I think everybody feels it. I know you probably saw the Tucker Carlson piece where he talked about it. Everybody knows something's coming, that they can feel it. I'm James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed. We'll be right back. Oh, my God. Who is that knuckle? I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the Nick Reed Show. I'm James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed. Oh, Katie's playing that music. We have a television that's set to Fox News, and it's a picture of that Colorado governor. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he's doing this goofy dance. And it just fit perfect with that music. Ah, it was a good one. Katie, well done. Anyway, our old pal Benny's on the line from Stratford. Always good to hear from you, Benny. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's cooled down and I can relax a little bit. Yeah. It's too hot. Yeah, it was kind of hot a couple days ago. Um, yeah. Talking about the military industrial complex, uh, Credit Real America's worst news for this. Um, a Stinger missile before the Ukraine war. Mm-hmm. Cost twenty five thousand dollars each. After the Ukraine war started, the price went up to four hundred thousand dollars each. Oh my God! Um, I, Real America's Voice News showed video of Lindsey Graham over in Ukraine in twenty seventeen, telling ISIS fighters that we were going to be there for the telling Ukraine that we were going to be there for them. Yep. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, when I, they started this crap. No, I know. You, yeah, there was that great McCain went with or Graham, I should say, went with John McCain to Ukraine. I've seen the video. Yes, and one more thing: um, if you think the burning of our cities under Obama and Trump were bad, with eight million illegal aliens in the country, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. What do you think? What do you, hey Benny? Yeah, still there. What do you think is going to happen in twenty twenty four? Do you think we're going to have an election, or 
Is it just going to be a, uh, I mean, a fraudulent election? What do you think is going to happen? Not necessarily the election, just in general, but. I think they're going to raise so much chaos that we're not going to have an election. Yeah. I think they're going to burn down every city in the United States. Um, my personal opinion, mm. I think they're going to burn down every city in the United States, cause so much chaos that they're not going to have an election at all. Yeah, all they need is another I mean, George Floyd, and it's done, you know? Yeah. And it's easy to Yeah, and George, George Floyd died of... Los Angeles is putting illegal aliens in their police force and giving them guns, okay? God. That's the reason for, for being riding against our cops and defunding the police was so they could replace the police. Yeah. Tucker Carlson said they're, they're wanting to allow illegal aliens into our military, and they're putting illegal aliens in our police force. And he said, why is that? He said, it's because they're building an army against us. Yeah. Well, Benny, they're going to put illegal aliens against the U.S. citizens. I have no doubt about it. Benny, thanks for your call. We'll talk to you next time. By the way, it's, we better check in with the weather. Just so you know, today we've got a 20% chance for showers after 5. Otherwise, cloudy with a high near 44. Tonight, 50% chance of rain and snow showers, 100% chance of dark. It'll be cloudy with a low around 30. Wednesday, a chance of snow showers before noon, then a chance of rain and snow showers, mostly cloudy with a high near 35. Again, I am James Clary filling in for Nick Reed. That was a great call from Benny. Forgot to do the weather, Benny. Sorry. Anyway, you know, he, he's right. I'd love to hear what you guys have to think about 2024. I mean, everybody's feeling it. Something's coming. My son works for a hedge fund company. I asked him last night if we are headed for some kind of financial collapse. Of course, he doesn't know any more than anyone else. We got a couple minutes before the break. Let's try and get in one more of your calls. Glenn from Springfield, how you doing, man? Hey, not too bad. I'm listening to your show this morning, listening to Benny, and he made a, a good point. I, I mean, I, I can't say I agree or disagree, but I know when I was growing up, it was just understood generally that if there's a war on the continent of the U.S., that they don't change presidents. I don't know that to be a fact, but I know that it seems like something that would play into this for sure. It seems like uh, maybe they are uh, getting ready to, you know, keep us from having an, uh, an election at all. That's interesting. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Thanks for your call, Glenn. That's an interesting point. I'll have to look that up. I don't know if it's in the Constitution that if we're in the middle of the war, we can't. Well, you know, how would you hold an election if the popular? I mean, I think the ultimate goal of these creepy, demonic globalists, whoever they are, um, want civil war. I mean, think about it. Think back to 2007 and the state of race relations and what's happened since then. I mean, they've totally, they're, they're trying to stir this up. Someone just got a text that I just listened to the audiobook of Atlas Shrugged, and it sounds like what's happening in our country to do. Absolutely. Ayn Rand was very... Uh, salient in her observations of the future you know it's like 1984 i mean orwell may have been or brave new world orwell might have been a few years off 
1984. But those authors, particularly, thank you for that text, by the way, particularly Ayn Rand, look, she lived in under a communist regime. She, she and her family fled Eastern Europe when the Soviet Union was still in power. And she saw, it's just like any of these immigrants like from North Korea. I, I don't know if you guys have seen that woman. I'll see if I can find some footage of her. But, you know, she talked about the same things that she saw happening in North Korea and in these communist countries seem to be happening now in the United States. Well, well, yeah. You know, maybe we'll dive into that a little bit, uh, where the roots of this are. My friend Theo Jordan, who's on clarification quite often, he and I have been talking a lot about what are the roots of it, particularly from the education standpoint. Because these kids... Well, there's new video flowing around. You know what? After the break, uh, we'll talk about this new video on voter ID laws. I'm James Clary. We'll be back in just a moment. I listened to it yesterday. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. I would like to hear from you guys, and some of you have already called and texted. I appreciate it. Again, the number is 417-447-447. Five seven four three four four seven five seven four three. We love to take your calls. What the question is? What's going to happen in twenty twenty four? So we've already had a couple people predict. You know, we kind of got a civil war prediction. We've got uh, somebody said that. I think it was Glenn said if uh, there is civil war that they can't name a new president, and I I haven't had a time to look that up yet, but it's going to be a really interesting year. You know, on clarification, I didn't want, when I, when Nick asked me if I wanted to do that show, I readily agreed because I had a podcast, but you know, our audience was real small. Granted, the clarification audience isn't huge either, but it's on a you know, a Fox affiliate radio station. It gives us a bigger platform. So I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do it. But I didn't want to do just another news show. You know, news and politics. Because there's a million of those. And not that I think that that could take that show to bigger places. If that that happened, that'd be fine. You know, but I just enjoy doing it. I don't get paid. I do it because I enjoy it. But my point in all this garbage is that we like to put an historical context upon current events. Because particularly the younger generations, they don't teach history. And the history that is taught is highly sanitized. Look at the university system in America. What, I mean, was anyone else shocked? That thousands of kids came out marching, supporting Hamas in a terrorist attack? You know, and uh, Katie and I were, were talking on the break about her family immigrated here from Eastern Europe. And she knows people that come here from other countries, particularly those that were under an authoritarian rule, like North Korea, Cuba, 
uh, parts, well, well, the former Soviet Union, Red China, they see the same things happening here. And it's it's really kind of sad. I did say that I would get to this piece about voter idea. I'm sure you all have seen the famous video by, oh, I can't remember his last name. His name is Ami, but he's a, a really prolific YouTube, kind of a journalist slash pundit. But he goes and asks, I think he's in New York, and he asks probably, I don't know, several dozen white New Yorkers, all liberal, if voter ID laws are racist. And this this story has to go to how they're trying to divide us. And they all said, oh, absolutely, voter ID laws are racist. And he's like, well, why? Well, black people are traditionally less privileged, therefore they're not capable of getting IDs as readily as white people. So then the, the same reporter goes to Harlem, And he starts asking black people, do you have an ID? And they just look at him like, are you nuts? Are you a Martian? Of course I have an ID. That's the problem. The inherent racism is from the left. It's not from the right. Think about how demeaning and ostentatious and arrogant and racist that statement is. Black people can't get IDs. Really? It is so freaking racist. It drives me nuts. And it's it's typically from the left. And it's it's college educated white liberal women are the main purveyors. There's a great uh, clip from Candace Owens where she's talking to a white liberal pundit. And Candace was talking about how those very that very group tends to be racist. And so the, the pundit says, well, what about me? Are you saying I'm racist? And Candace said, well, yeah, actually, let's go back to the very first question you asked me. You asked me what I thought about the uh, number of blacks in the White House. And if you didn't think about my color of skin, you would have never asked me to comment on that. You look at me and you see a black person only. She's so spot on. And I realize I'm a little all over the board today. But remember, Martin Luther King is the one that told us that he longed for society where his children were judged by the content of their character, rather by the color of their skin. I've never seen race relations this bad. Even when I was a kid in the 60s, we didn't have the problems we have today. It's it's quite distressing. I'm James Clary. We'll be right back. Yes, I got up at the dawn of crack today. I woke up about uh, 15 minutes before the show started. I got over here in 10, but... Plenty of time. You know, we started out talking about the military-industrial complex. It's the whole... By the way, let me back up for a second. 
I, I really want to hear from you if you're listening to the show. Please call us at 447-5743. I want to get predictions on what's going to happen. And let's make it a little more specific in the 2024 election. What's going to happen? I mean, that everything's leading up to that. And I think people, as I said earlier, people feel that something's going on. You know, we're not sure what, but it's just this gut feeling that everybody has. Like, you know, our planet, our country doesn't feel real safe right now, if you know what I mean. It's it's just, I don't know, it's very strange. So let, let me know what you think is going to happen in the 2024 election, 447-5743. So talking about the military-industrial complex and how they take care of their own, but it's not, it's a, it's a much larger web. And that's something that on my show we, we really dig into who are they? You know, who are the people that when I say, you know, they're going to interfere in the election or they created ISIS, it is a, it's a mixture. You can't really point to one group or one person because I don't think there is such a thing. I get, there is probably 10 multi-billionaires that have a heavy hand to play in it, but but there's no they. But the military-industrial complex works in conjunction with the intelligence services, the media, and NGOs, non-governmental organizations. That's a group that's generally left out of this conversation. Groups like the Carnegie Institute, the Rockefeller Foundation. And we've talked about it a little bit on past shows when I filled in for Nick. But if you haven't ever seen it, write this down. Write down Norman Dodd, D-O-D-D, D-O-D-D, interview, and plug it into YouTube and watch that interview. He actually does more than one, but the the main one, he's doing it with uh, G. Edward Griffith, who is a national treasure. But he's doing this interview. He was an investigator for Harold Reese. This was in the late 50s. Now, you have to think about the context there. We're in the middle of the Cold War. The Soviet Union's completely communist. They've taken over or they were given basically Eastern Europe after World War II. But they're expanding their influence to places like Vietnam, Korea, and everybody was terrified of the communists. But there was a reason, you know, McCarthy in the history I have been, were taught in school that McCarthy was a bad guy. He was a horrible man. Turns out that he wasn't such a bad guy. They're literally were communists, card-carrying members of the American Communist Society in the White House, in cabinet positions at the time. Now, McCarthy was also very critical of Hollywood. Well, it turns out, once again, that there were communists in Hollywood. Look, I have a friend 
who just admitted something to me. He's done my show three times, I think. And he and I, he's a friend because I've had him on the, the podcast. He, I, you know, he, so he's more of an acquaintance. But he, for some reason, is obsessed with Trump and exposing Trump as a fraud and a tool of the military-industrial complex, the MIC, I should say. And uh, he admitted to me in a thread the other day that, he really, deep down, is a communist. I have a, a very close relative, about as close as you can get, who, when I accused him of that, he didn't deny it. There's this old idea that Marxism just hadn't been done right. So, I digress. My point is the apparatus that controls American citizens and really the global citizens right now they're using Marxist practices because it serves their purpose if if it served their purpose to be more fascist although they use fascism as well then they would do that so right now they use these, you know, the whole identity politics thing is right out of Chairman Mao's little red book. You divide the people by different groups and you get the, them infighting to create the revolution. That and, you know, kids on, on campuses are even using that word, the revolution. And they don't care who gets in their way they're so indoctrinated now i do feel like the pendulum has swung back a little bit i mean that's a good thing i mean i i have a little show on a little station in a little town in a little state in the middle of a big country but there's thousands of us who try and expose the truth and like I said, on my show, I look at history a lot. So this Norman Dodd interview, he was an investigator for the Reese Committee, and he interviewed different NGOs, and he started at the Rockefeller Institute. They gave him the minutes of their board meetings, and in these minutes, it specifically said, this is how we're going to take out the, the government. And what they did is they basically offered universities millions of dollars in endowment if they were given complete control over the hiring. So think about that. That's how the, you know, in 1950, the hiring of universities was done on an equitable basis. They hired the best teachers. But after these NGOs got involved, they were hiring Marxists, particularly in the liberal arts, history, sociology, political science. And nor you've got to watch the Norman Dodd interview. It's one of the most important videos you can see. It's really incredible. I'm James Clary, filling in for Nick Reed. We'll be right back. 